0: Thank you all for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcasts. Also, today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to slash locked for special end of your financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. On today's episode, never a single doubt. Michigan State continues their undefeated start in Big Ten play. We have Sam Martin, formerly of the Final Four Is Not On The Schedule podcast, to help us break it down. And the 2022 Michigan State football schedule has been remixed and uploaded for the following season. Let's go. You are
1: Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Well, hello Spartan fans, and uh, yeah, it's it's Victory Thursday, as we already know, as we all expected, during the complete duration of that 71-69 to win against Minnesota. Uh, I'm still wiping the beads of sweat off my forehead as I'm recording right now, because, I, okay, on a real note, I, I, I did not... Uh, account for that stressful of a game on on this beautiful Wednesday evening. I thought that this would be a laugher. Uh, All day I felt very confident about the game, which was very odd for me because I usually panic about any game. And then Michigan State is up 10 in the first half, and you're thinking, great, this is going to be a 25-point laugher. No one was laughing in the second half, but you know what? A.J. Hogarth to Joey Hauser, as we all predicted, uh, how the game was going to end, of course, to wrap that one up in East Lansing. We'll get to that in a hot second, but first, need to politely ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This is, of course, the Locked on Spartans podcast. And if you ever want to reach out questions, comments, concerns, uh, a winning bet that you have that's like a mortal lock, uh, as we head into a fun NFL weekend, too. Locked on Spartans at gmail.com is the place to hit me up with all those questions and comments and whatnot. All right, guys, well uh hey, let's yeah, let's just dive right into the game. But it's not gonna be just me today. We are joined by Sam Martin. He is the old uh, podcast co-host of the Final Four is not on the schedule. Uh, one of my favorite Michigan State basketball minds out there. So hey, let's just let's just start talking to him, shall we? By day, this man helps people get to, from point A to point B with his Move Better project on YouTube. But well, have more on that later. By night, he's helping me get through this post game recap of a shocking Michigan State win. Shocking in the sense that I didn't think we had to sweat this one out. Regardless, hey Sam Martin, how on earth are you doing? Are are, are you fine after today's game? Because I'm I'm still reeling a, a little bit. That was uh, a little more stressful than I wanted.
1: Matt. First off, as always, thank you for having me on the show. Great to be here. Shout out to the she animals out there, the Lockdown Spartans <laughs> listeners. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I watched the entire last four plus minutes of this game. My wife was in the basement with me, and I've worked a lot on my emotions during games over the years. Good I for you. station classes. I've gone to therapy and dealt with sure. a lot of truly like antisocial behavior that I used to exhibit. So now I, when I watch a game like this one where I'm just kind of puzzled by some of what's happening from a coaching standpoint, from an execution standpoint, I just kind of had my mouth open and would sort of let out a dumb chuckle every <laughs> now and then. Like, you know, Max Christie would dribble the ball of his knee and just kind of wait until the end because I still expected even tie game late that MSU would score and win the game. Um, I wasn't, that's not to say I didn't think MSU had a good chance of losing there down the stretch, just a very ugly game for the Spartans. And I think the number one thing that jumps out to me overall with respect to Michigan State, and it's something that I thought actually in the lead up to the Michigan game that got canceled. And I thought there was a lot of sort of overconfidence among Michigan State fans going into that game just because MSU's defense had not been what it was early in the year basically in the last month or so, it's kind of taken a step back. They used to be like a top five defense on Ken Palm. And I think they're sitting around in the 20 range now. And you saw that tonight, Minnesota really got a lot at the rim in this game, especially down the stretch. Now, part of that may have been MSU deciding not to play the best rim protector in the conference for reasons that I I don't understand. I'd love to ask Izzo that question. Um, Sure. But, Overall, I think we're, we've seen MSU's defense take a little bit of a step back. Um, I don't have, like, an exact, like, this is why that's happened, but it has definitely happened. MSU was very suffocating on that end early on. When the last time I was on the show, I kind of said, hey, the offense will have time to figure it out because their defense is just going to give them such a platform to win. But now MSU's still getting wins. For an own conference, you got to, like, tip your cap to them and say, hey, even on a bad day getting a win, that's a great outcome for the team. But the overall level of play, I think, has dropped off a little bit from what we were seeing earlier in the year.
0: No doubt about it. And I I just got to go back to the thing you said about just like chuckling when things would happen. And no bigger chuckle than the end of the game. Just because well, the the two guys that made that happen, AJ Hogart and Joey Howes are probably two guys that, well, they're kind of the redheaded stepchildren of this team amongst the fan bases. Like, those are always the two players that, handoff, I'm included in this, that people just are up and down just, like, complaining about. And didn't do themselves a lot of favors this game, I will say. I thought A.J. Hogard on defense was great. I thought he was awesome tonight. And on the offensive end, Joey Hauser, I thought he was fine, too. Yeah. However, A.J., like, made some questionable decisions at the end, and, like, Hauser was point blank getting scored on every time the ball was posted up against him. Mm -hmm. Beautiful irony. They're part of the winning uh, crew at the end of the game, getting that last-second layoff, so
1: funny as hell funny as hell for, for, for me yeah hauser you know he's actually four for five in this game for eight points and five boards he's actually come along efficiency wise he was really yeah. early in the season but since december coming into this game i i ran the numbers and he was at about 40 he was 39 percent on threes and just under 50% from two, 90% from the line. He his efficiency to come along. Still pretty low usage. You know, he's not the most assertive sure. player on offense uh, anymore. But, you know, I don't really have too much to complain about with Hauser. I thought he had a pretty good game. Hogard, it's he's kind of uh, trick-or-treat A.J. Hogard. He just really does some things on the court right. that are nice, it, kind of, I think he, the A.J. Hogart experience was really summarized by him sort of attacking the rim unexpectedly off of the set play, finding an alley, getting there, and then breaking the layup.
0: You know, it's like right, right.
1: It was the you totally redeem yourself, but in reverse. You're like, yes! <laughs> <Ooh>. um, Why? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, you know, he, he can be a frustrating player. But, you know, to give him a lot of credit, one of his strengths – is attacking the basket with his head up, and he did that on the last play of the game. Found Joey Hauser. One of his strengths is that he has great hands. He's a good rebounder, catches, uh, you know, passes pretty well, and he had the composure to. One of the things you haven't seen MSU big men do a lot this year is pump fake. See MSU Truth. getting packed a lot, I think, on interior possessions because they don't pump fake. Then, and you saw Hauser on that play; he pump faked, and then he had you know the uncontested lay-in to win it. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know, you know, maybe Tyson Walker was injured. That's, that's gotta be perhaps a factor. That's why he wasn't in, but we've seen AJ Hoggard close other games over Walker. And I, I don't quite understand that. So, you know, we'll see on that one, but I just don't really understand why Bingham is not in at the end of the game. I'm not so much like down on Hauser. Hauser has kind of turned himself into a solid role player on the team. Bingham, though, is, is an excellent player on both ends who's a good free-throw shooter, so I don't understand the downside when totally. you're just giving up a layup line. Why isn't he in the game? So, I, you know, hopefully Izzo is answering that in the press conference right now or has already answered it because it, it's just confusing. I get why he plays Hauser as much as he does. He wants to have that stretch four, and I get why he starts him because he wants to pair him with the better defensive Bingham, and Hauser's a little bit of a liability on that end. Will he call more of a lockdown defender? he doesn't leave many messes to clean up for marble who can't protect the room as well. So I understand that. I just don't understand why he's not at the end of the game. So unanswerable in this conversation, I think we probably agree on that.
0: And we've got more to talk about with this game, with this Michigan state team in uh, just a hot second with our guy, Sam Martin, but first I need to talk to you, find folks about net suite. That's right. This is it. It's the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, <gasps> your hat falls over your eyes. Oh no. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. And with NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of the competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. So what are you waiting for? Join the over 28,000 businesses already using NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. One more time, that's netsuite.com locked. And before uh, we head back to our guy Sam Martin and chop it up about the Michigan State Basketball Spartans, so I just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Well, okay, so I'm actually scrolling Twitter to see if he did answer it. And, oh, like, he addressed it. Like, I don't know if he necessarily answered the Tyson Walker Marcus Bingham thing. So this is off Jared Ramsey's Twitter account. He is uh, from the State News, student newspaper at Michigan State, of course. Shout out to Jared Ramsey. Quote, Izzo said Tyson Walker twisted his ankle but wasn't hurt at the end. Okay, so he was hurt, but he wasn't. Okay, uh, and then he said Marcus Bingham didn't play down the stretch either so they could switch everything defensively. Yeah, that I, can't that can't mean one on one matchup. That you must be talking about the uh, how that impacts the other four positions on the court. I, I, I don't even know how to decipher that one because, like, like you said, like I've said, like anyone with eyes can probably tell. To put it bluntly, there's a big difference on defense between Joey Houser and Marcus Bingham. But hey, you know what? I got the win. It's all good in the hood. Yeah, I mean, layup, you, so, Yeah,
1: I can understand like wanting to switch everything in theory. But it's a big difference when you're switching center as Xavier Tillman and when you're switching center is Joey Hauser. Like theoretically oh, yeah. Joey Hauser can oh, switch, yeah. but there's like being the right size human being to switch and then being effective at it. So I, I get that idea, but I'd almost rather him do what he did for like one possession very late, where they slid everybody down and put Aikens in there. So Hall was at center and you noticed that briefly late in the game. Um I think Aikens would be is I mean, Akins is just factually a better rim protector than Hauser, even though they're different mm-hmm. sizes. Akins is kind of an excellent weak side shot blocker, so yeah, I don't know. It, it just doesn't that's just you're getting too cute, you're kind of like choosing which receiver you're going to throw to before the play, if you will. Like, sure, you're, you're, you're yeah. married to a strategy, in my opinion. I am not a Hall of Fame college basketball coach. I'm just a physical coach. You're
0: therapist. not. Shoot. Okay. That's,
1: uh, gotcha. That's what I think. But, you know, Izzo, he, he's going to do it his way. That's one thing we know about him. For better or for worse, the man is stubborn. And and, and
0: that's the thing, right? Like, he, he's been here forever. I've been a Michigan State fan forever. You've been a Michigan State fan forever. If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably been a Michigan State fan forever. This happens, like, every January. Inexplicable lineups. Odd benchings at the end of games. And yet... Even though this is like the the twenty sixth year in a row I can remember this, I'm still baffled by it. I'm still wondering what the hell is going on. But of course, uh, by March I'll I'll learn that. Well, this is all for the better and yada yada yada. But yeah, I, well, still maybe maybe, maybe extent, it is like
1: to an extent sure. you'll mean that it's all for the better. There are definitely times where I mean, Izzo has not gotten it right with the rotations. I think 2016 would be well everybody's chief example. Right, never quite figured out just why yeah. everybody down a yeah. position and play small with that team, but. Uh, you know, Izzo just is stuck in his ways. Most of them are very effective, uh, and I'm not trying to like criticize his entire operation. But it's just factual that the man is kind of a stu- stubborn curmudgeon. That's part of what makes him great. It's of a course, concern, not a bug. You know, like he's yeah. he's just like this tough sob, and he's going to do it his way. But I think that there there are situations where his way has some defects, you know, his auto benching strategy is just like, clearly not optimal, but yeah. that's just part of the deal. So it's more of a thing where like, I think in the excessive turnovers, you know, another feature of the ISO offense, they pass the ball a lot. Every pass is a chance for a turnover. So being married to a style of ball movement that other teams can predict where certain passes are going to occur is going to lead to turnovers, but you get to the tournament and that offense is often quite effective because it's a changeup from what people see in the Big Ten. It tends to be less effective, so I think that there's things where Izzo is crazy like a fox. And this Hauser thing is definitely—he is trying to build Hauser into the stretch four for the tournament run, 16 minutes a game type of guy. I think, and he's really investing in him. But Malik Hall is just—I mean, he's he's the best four man on the team. He's one of the very best players on the team, and they're not playing their best lineup as much as you'd like to see, you know, Walker, sure. Christie, Brown, Paul, Bingham. They've played 66 offensive possessions coming into this game. They were scoring like 1.3 points per possession on offense in those, wow. uh wow. in those possessions <laughs> with murdering teams. They played a, wow. a few possessions this game, but so I understand wanting to balance the talent across multiple lineups to be more consistent throughout the game. But at some yeah. point, I want to see that lineup unleashed, but I don't know if I'm going to see it unleashed. Anyway, it's 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 just MSU, an up-and-down team, I think is us trying to figure out what he has, and he's really committed to the bit with this going small thing right now. We'll see if he grows out of it, or if that unit grows into me being the one who's wrong, which is just as likely. <laughs>
0: And I, I want to take this next part down, like, optimism road because – and this is my fault, but, like, hey, I, we are talking about a, a win, you know. So there are a lot of great things that did happen. And whether it's this game or, you know, we haven't talked in a while, so whether it's something recent, like, last few weeks, what – this is a broad question what, – what have you loved the most from this team? Like, for me, it's an easy answer. It's Max Christie, but, you know. I, yeah, is, I was definitely going to say that. that, that i mean, say that. Yeah,
1: we, we talked last time, you know, I said who's the best player on the team? Marcus Bingham at that time yeah. was playing the best I thought, but I think I said the best prospect on the team is Christie. And he's starting to put it together and you just see he's just different. He's just a different type of guy. He's got he's got the Clay Thompson moves, you know, like yeah. that long-foot floating jumper from just outside the foul line, coming off the screen, fading away. Of, you know just stepping into contested three pointers he's he's just got an amazing package and he's putting together some crazy performances Gabe Brown also has been playing great he didn't get as many shots up in this game he was 2 for 7 one he for did five, that, yeah. three but eight for eight from the foul line because he's got a different thing now of him and you saw when Minnesota went to over pressuring the offense Who took the ball and attacked the rim a couple times for layups and free throws? It was Gabe Brown. So he's becoming a more aggressive offensive player. Those big wings, nobody has that in college basketball. Multiple shooting, skilled, attacking big wings. So that's something I love to see. The decline of the defense, I don't, uh, you know, that's the big concern right now. But those big wings give MSU such a platform offensively for places to go, and those guys can get shots off. In difficult times, you know, Christy can get his shot off very almost whenever he wants. He can get to his spots and hit those contested shots. So that's what you love to see. Um, and overall, the fact that this team just still has dogs on it, I think, yeah, walk the dog. Christie's a dog. Gabe Brown's a dog. Hall, Bingham, um, Aikens. Those guys are six guys I really trust. Try to build out the rest of the rotation and figure it out from here.
0: And just last thing I want to hit on, and it, listen, hey, this has been fun. This has been awesome. Like, the undefeated start to Big Ten play, I, I love, you know, just going through a cupcake cakewalk of your schedule. You play who's in front of you. It's, it's no fault to Michigan State. They've had a very easy start to Big Ten play. I think we could all be objective and honest about that. However, like, I, I'm starting to, like, miss being, like, challenged. And that sounds so stupid because, obviously, they were challenged today against Minnesota. They, they shouldn't have. I guess what I'm trying to say, like, I cannot wait to see this team against, like, the Wisconsin's, the yep. Illinois, the Indiana. Like, how do you think they will size up against them? Because, listen, on one hand, yeah, they are on this incredible win streak right now. But on the other, like, they really haven't played a surefire tournament team since what, Louisville? Uh, uh, yeah. Baylor? Like, late November, early December? So, it's, it's been a hot minute. So, I... I'm just anxious to see what this team looks like.
1: My experience of these types of MSU teams where they've they've got the general vibe that Izzo wants, but the, the performances are inconsistent is that they're gonna lose a game. The the false sort of uh performances, not that it's false like they deserve to be 4-0 a conference, yeah. but They're not a top 10 team in the country right now, but they're ranked in the top 10. So they're Mm -hmm. a little bit overrated and they're going to lose a game or two and become humbled before they turn up to the next year. We'll see. We've got coming up Northwestern at home. And then that's on Saturday the 15th. And then a week later on Friday, they go at Wisconsin. Right now that looks really tough to me. I I would have to see them win that game right now, but – they, if they can go through and molt their skin one more time and launch into a higher level, which I think they're very much capable of. Like what what we were seeing from Aikens, say like three weeks ago, that has kind of come back to earth a little bit. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of potential for growth there. Christie's coming on, Brown's coming on, Bingham. I think Walker, you saw a little bit in the first half, like that seven-point run. Like, okay, that's our guy at point, Totally. and he disappeared turned his ankle whatever happened so yeah we'll see I think that they have the ability to be any team and be better than any team in the Big Ten when they play well but I don't think they're going to play well consistently for the next few weeks I think it's going to be a little choppy here as they kind of figure some things out
0: well I'm excited for it man I mean it sounds weird Say, like, hey, I'm excited to be challenged and maybe lose a few games, but I you know what? This this nice little win streak. Uh it's been fun, but yeah, let's let's start getting some stressful games pre-games back in our life. You know, obviously today was yeah. stressful during yeah, you,
1: want to see, yeah. you want to see not manufactured uh closeness manufactured by MSC that would be, poorly. Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> want to see you know, that's that a group, so, it? I was thinking of the crowd in this game, you know, they were kind of getting quiet as Minnesota started to come back, and I was thinking. Sure. I really, you know, I want to see one of those games with the crowd's going nuts right now. You know, like every position. Yeah. Not to blame the students. It's like freaking. You know, we got it. Yeah. On attendance and everything with with just the world right now. I'm not calling on anybody, but it's just the energy and the competitiveness. Sure, and the level of basketball needs to probably
0: nervous the- too. Like, oh my god, are we really going to lose as eleven point favorites against Minnesota? Like, yeah, if yeah. they were like me, who on the couch, you'll love this as a physical therapist. Like, this is bad mm-hmm. podcasting, but. Like my, my head is like at the lumbar of my couch. I got the worst posture. I'm just despondent. So yeah, I can understand why fans would be like, uh-oh. <laughs>
1: like, I, uh, oh, I, just a very quick anecdote. I like, I make rib roast for a family on Christmas and I dry aged gotcha. the, the standing rib roast, five ribs, huge roast, dry aged it for four days. Beautiful piece of meat, really marbled nicely. Bring it over to my sister's house, throw it in the oven, set it to 250. You know, we're going to do the reverse here and then I come back 10 minutes later to realize that the oven was on the broil setting and the fat cap of this rib roast is ablaze. And oh, I slunk no. down, down like, so that my head was back <laughs> against the cabinets like I did the kind of sliding out of your chair like Quagmire on Family Guy move. Um, so I know exactly the posture you're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was me the last five minutes of the game today. Yeah, it was <laughs> – yep, so – Oh, man, but hey, you know, it, it's awesome having you on. Uh, you know, I'm formerly of the Final Four's on the schedule podcast, but now these days, like yeah. we said at the top, you're helping people move. Go out go with your bad self and tell us what you got going on, man. Yeah,
1: check me out, the Move Better Project, Move Better Proj, P-R-O-J on Twitter, the Move Better Project on YouTube. I'm a physical therapist and a strength coach in my day job, so... Teach people how to move better, how to stretch, how to exercise, how to take care of your own stuff. You know, if your knee's hurting, you don't need to necessarily go see a physical therapist to take a crack at it.
0: Bang. Look at that. So, yeah, my, my back is in shambles. I will be on that YouTube channel probably tonight. So, yeah, thanks a lot, man. I really, really appreciate that. So, Sam, love as always, out. great talking to you. Great talking to you as always. Go great man. Go grid Go White. Huge, huge thanks to my guy Sam Martin for not just only lending his time, but also lending his brain for your listening ears. Uh, as we break down, yeah, well, still can't believe it. Uh, yeah, the Michigan State win. Not, you know, okay, obviously I could believe that they won. Just, God, still can't believe how close that was. Uh, oof, okay, all right, all right we've got a few days off until the next game. Let's go, baby. Uh, hey, guys, it's Matt, and I'm here with an incredible app uh, for everyone that buys gas. That's right, it's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on that first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back. And best of all, there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime, uh, like your bank account, PayPal. Hey. Cash out with an e-gift card to Amazon or other brands. Uh, just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code SCORE to get fifty cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. One more time, that's code SCORE on the Get Upside app. And also, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy New Year and a happy betting New Year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Oh, <laughs> I cannot wait for this weekend. Uh, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 it's a new year and with a new updated desktop and mobile website go check it out sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code locked to get started from football to basketball to hockey to boxing to ufc right down to your favorite vegas casino games do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 it's Bet online—it's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. One more time—that's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so for the longest time, uh, us Michigan State Spartan fans and well, Big Ten fans all across the Midwest had that two thousand twenty-two schedule to look at for their football team, but um, with COVID and all that fun stuff, that that was going to get mixed around here. Of course, last year, you get that abbreviated schedule. Things get all thrown out of whack. And now you're in a situation where, okay, this means that Michigan would visit East Lansing two seasons in a row. And the stuff like that all over the conference, right? So it was uh, inevitable that the, the program would have a few games that are different than, you know, what we always thought we would have in 2022. So, at noon, on this wonderful Wednesday as I record on Wednesday. uh, They came out with the new updated Big Ten football schedules. And just like I said, they weren't going to have Michigan come to Michigan State two years in a row. Uh, So that's one venue change that that game is now at Michigan. And the other venue change is that, uh, well, we're not going to go to Indiana twice in a row. Indiana is going to be coming to Spartan Stadium next year. Uh, Also, the the dates were kind of uh, somewhat remixed as well. Um, So you can just look at this as a brand new schedule, really. And I'll I'll go through it really quick. Uh, Grab yourself a a pen and paper. Take these notes down. Or you probably already know the schedule by now. Uh, All right, so we kick off uh, Western Michigan. Then it's against Akron. Then we go to Washington. All right, this is where Big Ten play starts. We start at home against Minnesota. On the road at Maryland. Home against Ohio State. Home against Wisconsin. Then... For the second year in a row, we get a bye week before we head into the Michigan game on Halloween weekend. And it's at Illinois, home against Rutgers, home against Indiana, and then at Penn State. So, uh, you know, of course, I got a few things to say. You know, I've always got things to say. God, i got to hope so. I'm a podcast host. That's what I should be doing. Um, first and foremost, I do not like playing Maryland that early in the season. Uh, If you listen during the football season, you would know that I have so little respect for the Maryland Terrapin program, especially when they start playing in November, typically when Michigan State plays them. Uh, Because since 2017, they have won two games in the month of November. November. One of those games was last year in the wacky COVID schedule when they played Penn State in the second week of the season. What I'm trying to say here is that, yes, and this pun will be intended, Maryland turtles up when the season gets late in the later stage of the year, the final four games of the year. That other win they had was, of course, this year against Rutgers. So, no, excuse me, I'm not just too impressed with that either. Yeah, I'm going to miss playing Rutgers at the end of the year because they just don't care anymore when, when November rolls around. Uh, they're already just mentally and physically out of it. And It was always fun to, to play a, a Maryland team that was going to give you an automatic win, seemingly. But now, October 1st, uh, second game in the Big Ten schedule. Yeah, we play the Terrapins a little early this year. However, I, I do like playing Ohio State this early in the year, and okay, I guess it's not technically early, like it still is like the fifth game, you're almost halfway through the season at this point, and it, it, it's two reasons that I'm looking at it, one is just purely from like a, an emotional fan perspective, it, is that at least we're ripping this Buckeye band off early, um, it, yeah listen, uh, it was fun going into that game last year with uh, some hopes of going to a Big Ten title, but also, oh god, just if, if we're going to get stomped like that and have our, our hearts broken, let's just get that out of the way early this year. But also, okay, taking the emotional side away, it's hard not to look at the Buckeyes last year. They kind of got off the starting blocks a little clunky last season. They lost to Oregon. They had the close game against Tulsa, and it took them a little bit to start getting the gears greased as they headed into the rest of their season and became the death machine uh, that they were uh, until they visited Ann Arbor. Thanks. Um... But yeah, so, I don't know, scooting Ohio State to the upper hand of the schedule, that's, that's fine. Works with me. Uh, also, it, well, I guess they weren't scooted up to the beginning because Ohio State was going to be our Big Ten opener until they changed the schedule around. Regardless, point stands, happy to face Ohio State in the front half of the schedule. Now, another thing I don't like is that for the second year in a row, uh, we have a month-long gap between home games. This happened this year, and it's also going to happen next year because that Wisconsin game is on October 15th. And since then, you have a bye week, you go to Ann Arbor, you go to Illinois, and then November 12th is when uh, the Spartans are back in Spartan Stadium against Rutgers, so that that's quite a long time uh, between home games. Yes, it is just two road games, but you sneak that bye in there, and come on, man, like us thirsty tailgaters, we, we want to get back out there. I'm, I'm jonesing for some parking lot fireball over here, man. So, yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a bummer, but I'll, I'll end this on something that I do like, and it's that bye week that we've been talking about. We get the bye week before the Michigan game, just like we did this year, but also unlike this year, so does Michigan. They also get a bye week, too. I guess they kind of had a bye week this year. All they had to do was just play Northwestern, which is like a, a live scout team practice uh, this season for the Wildcats. But, yeah, um, so both Michigan and Michigan State will have a bye week heading into that October 29th game. Nothing else too notable uh, around the Big Ten, but I, I would be remiss if I did not mention uh, U of M schedule because, well, yeah, if we're going to riff around and I looked at all the Big Ten slates, and, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Ohio State and Michigan both have eight home games. Okay, at least Ohio State has a tricky opener against Notre Dame. Like, they're playing an actual football team. Michigan, on the other hand, uh, I think their opener is Colorado State, then they play Hawaii, and then they play UConn. Uh, Their schedule... If you look at it, anything less than 11-1 is a complete and utter failure. And But also, hey, credit where credit's due. You know what? I, this, this doesn't sit well with me, but I'm going to give them credit here. And maybe that's just the way teams have to go moving forward. Uh, they had a home-and-home home with UCLA scheduled for 2022-2023. I think a year or two ago... It got canceled. Michigan backed out of it. And instead, you plug in a game like Hawaii, and then next year, I think they play Eastern Carolina or something like that. It is a complete joke, Mickey Mouse non conference schedule. And well, you could have guys like me uh, making fun of them for it, uh, you know, just other people in the media, if you will, or, you know, just Michigan State fans, Ohio State fans, or college football fans being like, oh my God, that's a joke of a schedule. Okay, doesn't matter what we think. All that matters is what is your record at the end of the year. College Football Playoff Committee could not care less who you play in the non-conference. If you can get three easy wins, which is what Michigan is doing, not even touching a Power 5 conference, that's kind of the way to go. You think Ohio State was thrilled that they booked Oregon this year? No. No. That non-conference game didn't give them any brownie points whatsoever. Any brownie points whatsoever. If they don't schedule that game, let's say instead of Oregon, they face... Oh, give me a team. uh, Akron, for example. Okay, they're sitting at 11-1 at the end of the year, and I think they get in the college football playoff, despite losing to Michigan at the end of the year. Yes, I think Ohio State would have gotten in over a undefeated Cincinnati. Now, that's a debate we could have at a later day if you care to have that debate, but listen... It is a joke schedule. Eight home games and this ridiculous non-conference slate, which if any of those games are within 50 points, that is a shocker. Uh, But hey, yeah, that's just the way it's got to be now, especially in the four-team college football playoff. You don't want to go out of the non-conference slate with one loss because now you have to run the table in the Big Ten or you turn into this year's Ohio State team. So, yeah. I'll make fun of it, don't get me wrong. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, no, that's unfortunately a, a wise move on their part. So, All right, guys, uh, on tomorrow's show, we will be talking with former Wildcat basketball player Trey Demps. That's right, we'll be previewing this Saturday's game with him and also be bopping around the rest of the Big Ten as well as he is now an analyst on the Big Ten Network. So... Guys, thank you so much for. Uh, whew, I got reeling after that close Spartan win today. Uh, thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day as well. And now go make Locked On Bets your second listen. That's right, it's Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. That's Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Free and available on all platforms. All right, guys, go green.